Hello and welcome to So Much More Than Cancer. I am your host, Denise DeSimone. Thank you for being with us today. There's two things I want you to know about this podcast. If you have been diagnosed with cancer, we are here to support you in knowing you are so much more than a diagnosis. And secondly, we are here to talk about so much more than cancer. So let's be brave, let's have some fun, and let's get after it. Hello everyone and welcome to So Much More Than Cancer. Today's guest is Constanza Roder. She is the founder and CEO of Hearts Need Art. She's an amazing powerhouse of a woman. She's a speaker and a writer. She is the recipient of the 2018 Grace Ann Humanitarian Award. She is also in the top 100 healthcare visionaries by the International Forum on, on Advances in Healthcare 2021. She is also a survivor of adolescent leukemia. I can't wait to get started with her. Well, hello, and how are you? I'm so happy to have you with us today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I love everything that you're doing, and this podcast is so important, and I'm just honored to be here. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for reaching out. So you are the founder and CEO of Hearts Need Art. Mm-hmm. I love that because the um, the body of the word heart is art. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's so important. And I would love to hear more about your story. I know you are a survivor of leukemia. You were an adolescent. Mm-hmm. Let's start there. Just tell us a little bit about what happened. How old were you? And then let's morph into how you founded this beautiful organization and tell me what you do and what's a day in the life of on the road or life. All right. I will try to do that succinctly. Uh, yeah. So I was diagnosed with leukemia when I was 13 years old and right before I started high school and I had all of these plans and dreams for what my future was going to look like. Um, and then that just stopped everything. Um, my whole life changed in an afternoon. Um, and I had 130 weeks of chemo. So most of high school, I was on treatment and, uh, during that time and particularly after treatment, um, I really needed found and needed the arts. Um, you know, I think when we go through stressful times, we can't always process all the emotional, um, (laughs) aftermath (laughs) until after, until we feel like we're in a safer place. And that's kind of what happened with me after treatment was probably the hardest part of my cancer experience of then having to process the trauma and the grief and, um, you know, what is my life now? What, and then what is my life apart from cancer? Cause I, that's all I, that's all my life revolved around for two and a half years. And, um, so that, that period, was really a really pivotal time for me. And during that period of time, I found an organization in my hometown that offered opportunities for teens and young adults with cancer to come together and create art. 
and we would share our stories through art and we would express our, our grief through art and we would um, rebuild our lives through the arts. And it was such a powerful experience for me. I was so grateful to Jacob's Heart and shout out in Santa Cruz, California um, for the gift that they gave me. And I came from a very musical family. So music was always really important when we were in the hospital and after treatment for all the same reasons. Um, and so I actually went on to study music and psychology in school and then married my husband and moved from California out to San Antonio, Texas, where we've lived now. And I started volunteering on an adult oncology unit while I was here. And I'd never really even been in an adult hospital before, much less adult oncology unit. I'd only ever been treated in the pediatric hospital. And I was kind of shocked by the difference in services that were available and just the environment of care. You know, all, most of the units that I was in were colorful and there was people coming by every hour, it seemed like, with something you know, a teddy bear or a magic trick or something to cheer me up. And so most of these patients or some of these patients weren't much older than I was when I finished treatment. And here they are spending weeks and months alone in the hospital, um, often with no one visiting because we're, you know, we're in a, a big healthcare hub. We're the main healthcare hub in, in South Texas. So people come from hours and hours away to be treated here. And a lot of their family members can't afford to take time off work or they have to keep working in order to have health insurance to pay for the, the, um, the healthcare bills. So anyway, I just, I knew that it didn't have to be this way that, that the arts have the power to humanize the healthcare experience and are vital when we're experiencing, um, kind of the, really the greatest joys and sorrows in our life. When you're just kind of going about every day, like maybe you don't think about the arts or feel like you need the arts, but as soon as something happens that rocks your world one way or the other, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I feel like I don't have the language to express this or, you know, has anyone even felt this way before? And, and that's where the arts um, are really needed and really powerful. So I just started going room to room and singing for patients. I would walk in and be like, what kind of music do you like? And I would sing and play for them. Um, and that's how it started. But then I just had so many patients that kept asking for more and they wanted visual arts and they wanted writing and they wanted all these things that I didn't know how to do. So I start, I incorporated Hearts Need Art and creative support for patients and caregivers as a nonprofit here in San Antonio. And we identify and train local artists, musicians, and writers to bring the arts into healthcare spaces, to the bedside, to support healthcare staff, to support family and friends. Um, and it's the most like beautiful, meaningful, powerful work. It's, it's such an honor to get to, to do this work. Well, I will tell you, I am so impressed with you, what you're doing. And I agree that the, um, healthcare system needs an injection of this kind mm. especially like you said the childhood um versus the adult units and i don't care how old you are it really does go back to the inner child yeah when i was dealing with cancer i had a lot of conversations with that little kid mm. like we're gonna be okay and it's important i believe the work that you're doing i don't care if you're 20 40 60 or 80 
Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I I love I love your website, and <laughs> I love everything about what you're what you're doing. I too sing and play guitar. Oh, wonderful! I play, I play the Native American flute and a whole bunch of other oh. things. The didgeridoo, and I have sat bedside with people most often in hospice doing guitar, singing, you know, quietly playing the flute for them. And mm. it's so healing and so mm -hmm. helpful because I often tell people healing doesn't mean staying alive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> people go, well, I, I, I did everything I'm supposed to do and I'm still going to die. Yeah. Well, you know yeah. what? Here's the funny thing about life. It ends with death. Mm -hmm. No two ways about it. You just can't escape it. So enjoy every minute up to the end. Yeah. So I want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, so you're working in the hospital. How has your mission been affected by what's happened over the last year and a half with COVID? And especially now, have you seen something more going on with the onset of what they're telling us on mainstream media about the variant and mm. beds are getting full? Uh, you, you know, you're in there, you know. Sure. Tell me and the people, our listeners, what's going on from your side of the fence? Sure. So back at the toward the beginning of 2020, when everything shut down, all um, outside programming it was, you know, stopped. We we couldn't do the work that we were doing in the hospital anymore. So we converted our whole program to a virtual format um, where anyone, any patient, survivor, caregiver can go to our website and actually make um, appointments directly with our our musicians, artists, writers. And you don't have to, you don't, there's no skill necessary. So if you're listening and you kind of may want to explore your creativity, but you don't really know what to do or where to start, um, our people are awesome. So you can go and check that out at heartsunart. Um, .org. Um, so we did that for, gosh, we were out of the hospital for 15 months or so. And then we were able to return um, just a couple, a few months ago in person. And it was really, um, it was complicated. You know, the, the staff were so relieved to have us back. One of the nurses, um, you know, we primarily we're working on an adult oncology unit. Um, and one of the nurses was just like, oh my gosh, we're so glad you're back. It puts such a higher burden on us when you guys aren't here because all of a sudden we have to entertain them and, and we're the only ones that are in the rooms to talk to them. And it just puts a higher burden and higher demand on the healthcare staff. Whereas if we spend, you know, five to 15 minutes with a patient that sometimes can sustain them and, and boost, boost them over a, a, a long period of time. Um, so they were very excited for us to come back, but I anticipated, <laughs> I anticipated that things were going to get bad again for several reasons. Um, first we have health, our healthcare staff are so burned out. They are absolutely at the breaking point and it is, it's really dire. Like over over half of healthcare workers right now are are contemplating leaving the healthcare field. Wow. Like there's there it's it's bad. <laughs> and there's been a mass exodus this last year just because people are tired and they they need a break. Um, and in addition to that, 
last year alone, 2020, there was um, an over 9.4 million deficit in cancer screenings in the United States alone because mm. people weren't going to get their normal checkups. And that's not just cancer that across, you know, all normal care and screenings that would normally be done. So what's happening now is people are showing up in the emergency room with late stage disease that require a higher acuity of care and which means increased hospital stays and, um, even ICU stays and all that kind of stuff. So you have that happening. You have people that have, that haven't been around each other for a long time and have been around each other this summer, you know, cause COVID wasn't as bad. Um, but now RSV is really high and, and kids are really sick. Um, and it, that then add a little drizzle of, of COVID variant. Um, and it's just a recipe for, it, it, it's, it's yeah. our next healthcare crisis is happening right now. Um, I got to play on a COVID unit, a couple of COVID units last week. And uh, for the staff, I was just there to support the staff because um, they're just, it's just so heavy um, and there aren't enough beds. Well, there are enough beds, but there aren't enough staffed beds um, because our, our healthcare staff is tired. In addition to that, the healthcare staff are um, being mistreated by the patients and the family members. They're being verbally abused while they're trying to care for their loved ones. Um, so <laughs> they're putting their lives on the line and they're not receiving a lot of appreciation for it, um, which is why we specifically target staff when we're in person. Um, but then we also developed our gratitude grams program, um, where healthcare staff can enroll on our website. Again, hertzinart.org. You can click on the gratitude grams tab, um, and enroll for free. We match healthcare workers with, um, one of our artists or musicians or writers, and they get a personalized email each week with like a three to five minute video of, an uplifting song or a poem or a little art activity, just something really short to help kind of lift and shift kind of their mindset, give them a little breath, a moment to breathe yeah. um, during their week. And we combine those with messages of thanks from people in the community. So they are reminded on a regular basis that they are appreciated, that that we see how hard they're working and we're here to support them and serve them. Um, so even if you're not a healthcare worker and you want to support healthcare workers, if you go to our website, you can click on the, the get involved tab. And there's actually a form on there where you can fill out and write a, a message of thanks to a healthcare worker. And we incorporate those into these gratitude grams. Um, and we that. always need more of those. So people yeah. are free to yeah. go on there. Great. So the listeners listening, go, go get, go get it, go do it, go send a message. And um, for anybody who is um, talented in any way, we're all talented in some way, I believe. <laughs> Maybe jump in now. Um, it's all volunteer. Yes. No, oh. we, we pay all of our artists. We believe that artists should be paid for their work. One of our goals is to provide meaningful economic, meaningful work opportunities for um, artists, musicians, for creatives in the community. Um, oh. And not only is it important for the artists, but it's important for the for the quality of the work that we do. Mm -hmm. So it takes, it takes about three months before someone is completely processed through the hospital health system and the background checks and the training that goes into it. Um, it's, and only really at that point, are they truly 
independent and can do the work. So there's a lot of investment that goes into getting someone in our system. Um, and in addition, if you're only, if we were only working with volunteers, then we would really run into issues of equity because then only people that can afford to volunteer would be able to do the work. And then our artist team wouldn't be a true reflection of the people mm -hmm. that we're trying to serve. You know, we have, um, we have, uh, a, a immigrant from El Salvador that's on our team. That's one of the primary, you know, he's a primary breadwinner in his family and he's a professional oh, yeah. musician. Like he couldn't afford to well, well, do yeah. the work with us unless we paid him. So, um, so is this a national, well, obviously international, uh, you know, let's use me hypothetically. I'm here in Boston and I'm, you know, I, there's some of the most amazing medical facilities here, mm. whether it's a small hospital nearby my home or I am in downtown Boston at Mass Ioneer or Dana-Farber or Mass General. Do you have programs for somebody like me to get involved and go off into these hospitals? Are you mm. able to do that? Or is it just in nearby where you are? That's a really good question. Um, so we're part of a we're part of a of a network. We're part of a field of arts and health. Um, is arts and health is the name of the field, and we're uh, members of the National Organization for Arts and Health. So there's there's organizations doing this all over the country. Um, we're not the only ones doing this work. Um, we're you know maybe like our our three to five year plan. We're looking at you know how what would it look like if we tried to activate. Um, musicians or artists in other places in order to go in into hospitals to do this work where there isn't um, an arts and health program. I know in Boston, there's actually a couple of really great ones. Um, so we're, we currently focus just on South um, in South Texas in San Antonio. Right. And there's a lot of need just here. There's, yeah. I think in 2016, there are 5,000, like right around 5,400 um, acute care beds in, in Bear County, in our county, um, and we're serving 103 of them. So wow. how do you, how do you raise funds for your organization? How is it all um, private funded or how is it that you raise money to pay? To pay our for? artists, yeah. So we, um, we're actually primarily uh, funded by individual donors, people who, um, uh, people can actually go to our website and adopt one of our artists. So um, you can pick whatever artists you want to adopt and you um, pay whatever amount you want monthly and you get monthly updates about the work that they're doing in the hospital. Um, so that's one way that um, individuals support us. And then we also are, have some grants and then we also do get some support from the institutions that, that we serve as well. Great. So um, what is, what is next for you as far as the work that you're doing? And maybe it's branching out into something that will complement this, or is it your, this is your core, this is the focus, and you're just going to maybe branch out in other areas of Texas? What's next? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we're still kind of figuring that out. Honestly, this last year really rocked the boat in a lot yeah. of ways. And we 
had a we've had to put all of all of our energy into pivoting and to meeting the need that's happening now and that's an ever-changing thing. So we kind of we kind of actually made a strategic decision to stop making long-term strategic decisions at that point. Um because it just it, it wasn't it wasn't a wise thing to do because COVID is rapidly changing the landscape and and the future of healthcare. Um, we think that the future of healthcare will continue to um, require some sort of telehealth um, element, which we're really excited that we built our virtual platform during COVID because now we can provide a continuum continuum of care for our patients. So they might meet Hannah in the hospital and really love doing art with her, but then they're at, at home for a couple of weeks in between treatment and they're immunocompromised. So they couldn't go out to do an art class or anything else like that. So now they can make, make an appointment and meet with her on Zoom in the in-between time. And then when they're back in the hospital, they get to work with her again in person. So we're excited for to continue to see how now that we're back in person, how the in-person virtual um, work together hand in hand. We do have some um, research projects that are on the horizon for us as well, um, specifically the impact of arts on the AYA, the adolescent and young, young adults oncology population, yeah. um, which as you might know, is a really vulnerable population right now. Um, yeah, and then continuing to support our artists and um then you know maybe after things settle down we're, we'll start looking up <laughs> i know that's not maybe like a great business answer to that question but that's that's just well, the reality of the situation we're in i i think it's great and you know what it is um across the board the way it is for all of us or most of us i think this whole COVID thing has shifted people's um, way of thinking, way of doing mm. business, way of creating what's next for them. And I love that we have been able to do a lot virtually. I didn't, I mean, I, I would not have thought of doing a podcast if it weren't for the COVID. I'm like, what can I do next? I can't yeah. write another book or whatever, but while I'm sitting down here, right, let's, let's do something that helps people and we're living in for me. And uh, here we are. Well, I just am so excited that you were able to be with us today. Of course. And I am looking forward to all you listeners go there. Tell us one more time about the, um, the website. They the can resources. Yeah, sure. So you can check us out at heartsneedart.org. You can also follow us on all the social media things, heartsneedart or at heartsneedart. All, you can look on that Sure. look that up on all the things. Um, and you can go on there <clears throat> if you want to schedule an art session with one of our artists, or if you want to write a letter of thanks to a healthcare worker, or if you yourself are a healthcare worker, you can enroll in our gratitude grams program. Um, if this work seems to really resonate with you and you want to support the, the work that we're doing, um, you can, you know, click on that donate button and select one of our artists to support. And, um, we're always very grateful for that. Um, not just us, but all the people that, that we serve. Yes. Yes. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, God bless you and the work you're doing everybody. I will have all that in the show notes for you yet. It's good to hear it from the, um, uh, the person who is with us today, Constanza Roden, and and I am just just thrilled to know you. Let's stay in touch, and I love that. everybody out there, um, have a blessed day. Take care. <laughs>
Well, that's the end of this episode. Thank you so much for being with me. I will be back next week. I hope you will join me. Until then, know you are loved and keep a good thought. Thanks for listening to this episode of So Much More Than Cancer. Please visit www.somuchmorethancancer.com to download your free inspirational and thought-provoking gifts. While there, you can also find more information on Denise and her other offerings. Look for Denise on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. If you'd like, you can pick up a copy of Denise's book, From Stage 4 to Center Stage, at the Books and Pages tab on her website. Please remember to share, subscribe, and leave a review. Until next time, stay well.